Why are you here today? The early church uh, gives us this wonderful story from the book of Acts that they are living together, this incredible community now empowered by the Spirit, and, and they realize they've made a mistake. It's a group of people that have been overlooked. It's about learning to see the world in a different way. It's about learning to see through God's eyes. It's a group that's been overlooked because of their ethnic identity. And so the early church says, we've got to fix this. So they appoint a group of people. They become the forerunners of what we are doing today, celebrating the appointment of deacons. They appoint a group of people to say, we need to empower you to serve and to be sure we do this right and that we don't overlook anyone. And one of those individuals whose name is Stephen really catches a glimpse of what the kingdom of God is like. And as he goes out and as he is preaching, he has the audacity to say, really, God included everyone. All along, not just one group of people, not just one kind of identity, not just one language. God had in mind everyone, and it just goes too far that day, and they take his life. And that group who have exercised their power, uh, their fear, start tightening their grip on those followers of Jesus, that first generation in Jerusalem, and people have to make a choice. Do we stay or do we go? Uh, Are we safe or not? what will happen to our families. And so many of them leave Jerusalem. They go north. They they go up the coast to a city called Antioch, which is now in Turkey, just over the Syrian border. And there they continue the mission. They continue sharing. They they start telling everyone. It doesn't matter what language they speak. It doesn't matter where they grew up. It doesn't matter what they look like. They start, and, and people buying in. They go, this is what I've been looking for. This, this is what I've been missing in life, this message about who Jesus really is, uh, about the vision that Jesus had about the kingdom of God, about what life is really, what God has always intended it to be. And the church in Jerusalem, those that stayed, they, they hear it, and they're wondering, like, is this, is this right? Like, like, we ought to look into this. Is this a control issue? You know? And so they send Barnabas, of all people. They send Barnabas to go, and Barnabas gets there, and he can't believe what he's seeing. And he is absolutely thrilled. Absolutely, absolutely thrilled at what is happening and what God is doing in, in the lives of people from everywhere. He sends a message and he sends for this guy named Paul. He goes, you got to come. you got to see this. And for one year they stay. One year they stay in Antioch. And they are teaching and preaching and, and, and people are listening and going, I, I want to be a part of this. And then the writer tells us this is the first time that people are called Christian. First time. Now, it's, it's a word we throw out all the time. It's a word we use. It only occurs two times in all of the Bible. This is the first time. And, and the writer takes two words, uh, one that means Christ, Messiah, and, and one, this little Latin tag on the end, that means belonging to. 
these people belong to Christ. There's something about their life, something about the way they're living, something about who is included in what they're doing, something about the response to, I, I don't know, it doesn't list off all the reasons, but the people around them go, okay, there's something here, and that's their new tag. That's their new name. And I want to lean into that one for just a little bit today. What would happen if it wasn't for people like Barnabas who said, let's take a chance? Well, what would, Barnabas, he's the guy that when we call the Apostle Paul has this encounter with Christ, no one trusts him. No one wants to welcome him. No one wants to include him. They're all afraid. And Barnabas goes, I, I, I'll, t- I'll take the chance. I, what if he hadn't done that? Barnabas, I'll, I'll go to Antioch. Yeah, I'll, yeah, let's. Why are you here? What do you think God is going to do today? Well, what is it that's in the back of your mind that, that you really wish God would get involved in and be a part of? And, and what is it when you're watching the news and you go, something ought to be done about that? Well, wonder when God's going to do something there. We're in this series called Jesus People, following up from last year, Jesus 365. Jesus People, we're we're joining with congregations all around the world each week as we're moving towards Pentecost, following the life of Jesus, and what's the challenge for today? Our our text today is from Matthew chapter 4. It's when Jesus launches. It's when Jesus begins. With this verse, now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, He withdrew to Galilee. And underneath that are all the questions that we have. We've already mentioned them a couple of weeks ago. When did Jesus really know who he was? When did he, how long was that process? Was it overnight? Uh, uh, Was it growth like it is for most of us trying to figure out what God wants us to do, how God wants us to use gifts and talents and opportunities that we have? And Many of the questions that we have, they're clearly not a concern for the gospel writers because they don't address it. But at his baptism, so, certainly something is happening there. And, and now here we are, 30 years later, 30 years from the stories about his childhood and birth. And, and now when Jesus hears that John had been arrested, John the Baptist, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region in shadow of death, Light has dawned. Some of you are thinking, I've heard that before. That was part of the scripture passage we used every week during Advent as we were working our way towards Christmas, every week looking for that light to dawn in the darkness in which we often find ourselves. And here, Matthew, as writer, reaches back into that text and goes, this is it. This, this is the one you've been looking for. This is the person you've been looking for. And these people who have been looking, Jesus launches this is what they've been waiting for from that time jesus began to proclaim repent 
We've talked about that word. We, we've looked at that. Sometimes we've associated it with an emotional response. I'm sorry. Sometimes we've emotion, uh, associated it with, uh, with, with listing off things I've done wrong. Sometimes we've associated it with, with real sadness and regret. Sometimes it's all of those things. The word itself just means turn around. It's tur- You're going in this direction. Go this, and Jesus is saying, stop doing it your way. Try doing it God's way. Repent for the kingdom of heaven, the rule of God, the reign of God. It's finally here. It's never going to be the same again. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. I love that Matthew adds, for they were fishers, uh, as if we're that slow. Like, they're going to need help figuring this one out. I, I would like to talk to him about that one day. Like, really? You don't think we would have figured that one out? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're throwing nets into the sea because that's what they did for a living. And Jesus said to them, follow me. And I will make you fishers of people. Immediately, they left their nets and they followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. And this is the word of God for the people of God. May God open our hearts, our minds, give us boldness and wisdom. Come. Follow me. Uh, This morning is about calling. This morning is about people who are going to be serving. And and thank you if you're new with us or visiting with us, our deacons serve. Our deacons are all on ministry teams, all asked to be part of what it means to be called by God to serve. And this morning, I want to look at this text and invite you to travel with me a little bit in it through some different lenses. Uh, and so let's think of it this way. Let's, let's think of it in terms of mission and in terms of community and in terms of personal life. And notice there are some question marks there and, and we should be asking questions along the way. Why now? Why now for Jesus? Why now? After 30 years, why now? Why at that moment? And for Matthew, there is a clear connection between what happens to John the Baptist And now it's time for Jesus to begin. There's something that happens in the arrest and consequently the the death of John the Baptist. It's time for change. It's it's time. You've you've had that feeling. You've watched the news. You've read some reports. You've received some tweets. And you go, something has to change. We, We can't go on like this. And whatever the connection is, it's now time for this new mission, this new purpose, uh, this, this new reason to live, this new lens for how we see people or, or how we see opportunities or how we see challenges or 
how we deal with our pain, how we deal with our hurt, how we respond to our family, which brings me back to the original question, why are you here today? Why identify with the name Christ, the longing to Christ? Somewhere along the way, it it may have meant fear of hell for you, or it may have meant hope of heaven. I don't want to take those away, but it's got to be more, isn't it? And for the people that day that Jesus encounters, it's the mission. It's why he is here. It's about the change that is now beginning in their lives and in their world. It goes back to the dream that God presents at creation about this is why I create out of love and this is what I intend for life to be and about a God who has not given up even on those who have forgotten or those who have turned their backs or those who have been hurt so badly or those who have found themselves living in darkness. What about the mission of the kingdom of God? So the first question that I would ask of you and of me is, why am I here today? Am I committed to this mission? Why Jesus begins rolling out this dream of how God sees them and thinks about them and is now involved in them. And so I want to say to you as a church, thank you. Thank you for people who see the mission. This morning, people who came in early to lead a Bible study, people who came in early to be a part of our community as we worship together. But you as a church have said, no, it's more than that, more than that. You said we we have to be outside these walls. And so over 20 years ago, you got involved in Samaritan ministry. Over 20 years ago, mission of hope. Over 20 years ago, getting involved with people who are coming out of prison and saying they're going to need our help. Habitat for humanity, fish, making sure people have access to food free of charge, no questions asked, counseling, uh, learning the English language, uh, helping them who want to become citizens. I mean, the list counseling that's available free of charge, all this list goes on and on, all related to the mission of the kingdom of God, for God so loved the world. ever believe. Thank you. And so I I ask you today, as we are looking at people who are saying, I want to step up and be a part of the mission. Are you ready to step up and be a part of the mission? Are are you ready to step up and be a part of what God is doing in our world? And, And the second part of that is community. Jesus goes down through here and he just starts calling people, follow me. Uh, Matthew loves to, not as much as Mark's gospel, but he, he throws it in a couple times here. Immediately, they just, they just got up and they left. I'm always surprised when I have a list of people to call. Oh, we, we need people to serve on this committee. We need people to, ser- we need people to serve in this area. And, and, and I call and I go, hey, would you be willing? And so surprised at how many people go, yeah, I'll do that. And so I've even looked at my phone like, Wow, oh, thank you very much. I thought you were going to say you'd need to pray about that or you get back to me in a couple of weeks. Uh, and Jesus, what is it this day? It, what is it on this day that Peter and his brother, that James, what is it that they see? It, it's got to be more than just charisma. There's, there's something about what needs to be done. It, 
do they know about John the Baptist? Have, have they had it with corruption? Uh, uh, have they reached the point where they're saying, wait a minute, something has to change and, and I'm ready to be a part of that? Uh, I'm ready to be a part of this new mission? I, I, we've been looking for the Messiah and it's going to be a lesson for them to learn what Messiah really means for them. And so Jesus begins creating this community of people and sometimes it's costly. They leave their nets. They left the family business. They started down a new path. And the community will have to struggle. I always feel better about myself when I read 1 Corinthians, which is not the response it's supposed to be, but it is. There, there's this one chapter in 1 Corinthians where Paul is writing to the church, and this is what he has to tell them. This is going to be my paraphrase. This is what he has to tell them. When you get together as a church, and as part of that getting together, you're going to celebrate what we call the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist. Some of you are eating and stuffing yourselves, and some people have nothing whatsoever, a division between rich and poor. And he has to tell them, you know, at church, everybody ought to get to eat. I feel a little better about some of the things we may struggle with. And then he tells them, some of you at the Lord's Supper are getting drunk. You shouldn't do that. He has to write. You should. Now, I agree with you. That would make a very interesting service to see a couple of our deacons having just a little too much. You know. And he's creating a community where they have to learn how to live together, those who have and those who haven't, those who are free and, and those who are slaves. Men and women, all of them living under different expectations in their culture and saying, this time it's going to be different. Which brings us to one more lens to look at. And that's their personal life. Let me venture for just a moment into one of the other Gospels where Jesus makes it very clear. And he says to them, I, I came that they would have life and have an abundant life. And so many times, maybe too many times, we've come to church and we've been so concerned about what other people may think or about what other rules, that we've forgotten one of the primary functions Jesus came is to restore what life should be like and, and to bring joy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly, that they might live life to the fullest, that they might give them a rich and satisfying life. So let's ask some personal questions today. Am I living life to the fullest? I suspect that once you are willing to do what God has gifted and called you to do, you will find your deepest joy. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. Not at all. I'm not going to say it's not going to be challenging. I think you're finally going to connect with who you are and what God has been waiting for all along. Would I describe my family's life as rich and satisfying? What kind of life am I living? And I'll just lay one more on top of that. 
What kind of life is Jesus dreaming for me and my family and friends? Several years ago, there was a, there was a book that really had quite an impact on, on uh, the Christian community. It was called Blue Light Jazz. And, and the author, it was very, uh, very easy to read, a lot of narratives and stories. And he, he tells the story about Nadine and Penny, who come from two very different places in their life, uh, one very secure and happy and one who experienced a lot of pain and struggle and, and one who kind of grew up in faith and still embraced it and one who could, had really bad experiences with people who called themselves Christians. And they end up creating this friendship. And so together they decide to just read Matthew's gospel and talk about it. And so here's the description. We would eat chocolates and smoke cigarettes and read the Bible, which is the only way to do it if you ask me. Now, I'm quoting that. Children, don't try this at home. All right. It's not what we're advising, yeah. And so she says, one of them says to, to the author, Don, the Bible is so good with chocolate. I always thought that the Bible was more of a salad thing, you know, but it isn't. It's a, it's a chocolate thing. And Jesus walks by. Come and follow me. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they must have seen, they must have heard that, there must have been a bit of a chocolate thing there for them to say yes. We're ending our service very differently today. And we are recognizing some people who have said, you know, I think it's a chocolate thing and I want to be a part of that. And we're inviting you to be a part of that as well. In just a few minutes after I lead us in a prayer, uh, our current deacon chair and, uh, and is coming to introduce our new deacons to you. And once again, I tell you, these are people who serve, and they are here to serve you and to serve in our community. And then we've given them an opportunity where uh, three individuals have been invited to come and to pray with them, and I'll give a few more instructions with that in a few minutes. So, why are you here today? mission why are you here today looking for community a place to make a difference a place to be valued a way to serve why are you here today? Life abundant? Let's see what God has in store. And so, Lord, we take a deep breath. We just pause. So busy. So much happening. Will you hear our unspoken pain? dreams that we're afraid to voice. Would you nudge us in the right direction to rest in you? In Christ's name.